we hide behind walls because, gee, I don't want them to think less of me, so I'm going to put up this wall, look good, feel good, the American way. Never, never, never to let them see you sweat. Mm. And that is so phony and so counterproductive. Welcome to Black Top Pulpit by the Church of Sunsides. I am Andrew Cannon. I'm the pastor here at the Church of Sunsides. I'm here with one of our elders, Albert Kester, and one of our church members, Ken Duffy. And uh, we are here to heavily criticize the sermon this morning. Uh, what you guys got? <laughs> heavy criticism. Heavy, 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 heavy. heavy. <laughs> I, have, I have some comments. Well, the, you got? well the, the last one that I wrote down, I, I didn't get it all ran out of paper. And, uh, if we're in Christ, in some manner or another, we are not in the presence of sin. Mm. And uh, at the presence, uh, I think that's what you said. And I found that interesting. But let's see if I can find one. It, the, one of the very first things you said is if we don't repent, it means we do not have the Holy Spirit. We cannot be in Christ. And the one that, uh, that really stuck with me was in verse 4. You said, why consult the dead for the living? Mm. Which is almost what Christ said when he raised Lazarus from the dead. Mm. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Yeah. And uh, Well, I, I have to confess, it's not original to me. It's okay. <laughs> no, <a> good thing. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> Yes, I wasn't teaching something entirely original. All right, that's confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that line actually comes from one of my uh, favorite hip hop artists. His name is Kevin Burgess, and those are some of his lyrics. You consult the dead on behalf of the living when they don't know what living is like. Like, <laughs> so I was just like, yep, yeah, putting that in the sermon. Mm-hmm. I have to here. Chris <laughs> said something very similar to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, instead of getting my getting my stuff from Christ, I get it from hip hop artists. <laughs> <laughs> that sound. Uh, ah! I, I could see why Paul was so repulsed, and and the and, and strong word in the way he was speaking, uh, because my goodness, to be to be redeemed, to know the truth, to to understand, or you should understand how to affect justice and what justice is. Right. And now you turn. And go to dead men yeah. to effect justice among the believers mm-hmm. of all things. Yeah. yeah, that I could, I, I could see. I mean, maybe not at first glance. You know, thinking through the, oh, it might take some reflection. Man, once you really understand what's happening, mm-hmm. it's like I, I can understand why someone like Paul, who's you know an apostle, knew the yeah. word inside and out. It would, would reflect the way he did. Uh, with with the uh, Corinthians and how they were acting, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Well, the the regeneration of the heart that is a powerful, powerful thing in the life of a person. Uh, once your heart is regenerated, you cannot go back to having a dead heart. Mm-hmm. You cannot go back. Uh, you've been given a heart of flesh. Now you live according to that heart instead of a heart of stone using Jeremiah's language there. Right. Um, That's, that is a powerful, effective thing. And then, and then on top of that, having the indwelling of the Holy spirit, um, Mm. the believer cannot live in sin. So we talk about 
we hear some people talk about uh, backslidden Christians. Mm. I wager that there is no such thing as a backslidden Christian. You are either in Christ or not, and the fruit reveals the root. You know, uh, no, that doesn't mean there won't be a time when a Christian makes a mistake, tries to cover that up, like David did before Nathan came. But once you become aware of your sin, it's like a repentance. You know, let me let me put a little asterisk on that because I think there's there is a a type of life a, a, a quote unquote backslidden Christian can live, but it's not going to be it's not going to look like somebody who just lives among the world. Right. It's going to be a believer who is like straying from the flock, straying from Christ specifically. Mm-hmm. And whether there are instances where he, he might be doing, he or she doing something worldly, it's going to be suffering mm-hmm. because he's among the world. He's been delivered over yeah. in, and that, that is bringing torment to his life. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's the, the 99, you leave the 99 to find the one. Yes. And Christ, he is not talking about a pastor's work in the church. He's talking about the work he is doing. Mm. Like when a when a sheep goes astray, Christ does go and get that sheep. Yep. And when we, if we stray from the body, which is the local church is the gathered community, that's the flock of God. Right. right? If we stray from that and we really belong to Christ, he will pursue us and he will get us and he will He will bring us back on his shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that entire experience for us, it'll be frightening and we will deal much damage to ourselves. Um, and if we are in Christ, it will be agonizing for us and he will bring us back into his flock. He, he will bring about repentance in our in our lives. Now, if it is not tantalizing for us, if, uh, if we're not suffering as a result of straying from the flock of God, we should question our salvation. Right. Um, so backslidden, well, no, because you can't go back to having a hard heart once you're a Christian. Right. right? Assuming. That, yeah, assuming that you really are a Christian. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so backslidden, no, but straying from the flock, Yes, but Jesus is pursuing you that whole time and bringing you back. Yeah, bringing you back on his shoulders. And he promised to do that, you know. Well, when some of our problems are that, you know, the, the old wag, no matter where you are, no matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> well, that's true. But we keep taking ourselves along. And there's something called the geographic cure, you know. Uh, alcoholics love geographic cures because if I move from here to here, now I'm starting over, mm-hmm. but you take yourself with you. Yeah. People that cause dissension and disunity in the church or try to, they will leave the church. Instead of being disciplined, they'll leave the church, go to another church, and they've taken the same baggage with them. Mm-hmm. And cause the same problems. And cause the same mm-hmm. problems and then have the same problem. And generally, they'll have a problem with the lead pastor or the lead elder. It, it's just, it just seems to be... It is always somebody else's fault, whatever it is that we're stuck in now. It's not my fault. It's your fault. And if you were a good Christian, you would understand that I'm right and you're wrong. You go, okay. And these people will never, will never find peace. They won't find the peace of God because they're always in turmoil. Mm-hmm. Always in turmoil. God, deliver me from, from the, the, the necessity to always be right. Mm, yeah, always be a, no. If you know a little child, Salinum sometimes, and you will hear from the from the the 
the least mature or we think least mature Christian will tell you something. Goes, wow. Yeah. Wow. They're not, but they're not immature. They're very mature. They're just quiet and reserved. Mm-hmm. But it, what's what's so sad about all this? When you get into people that cause dissension and people that are into themselves, is it's so unnecessary, like sin. It's just not necessary, and yet we get involved in it. Who's going to deliver us from this until we die? It's like what Paul wrote in this passage. And let me just read this, and I'll I'll highlight that part of the passage for us. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or do you not know the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? So if you have law courts dealing with matters of this life, do you appoint them as judges who are of no account to the church? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not among you anyone who is wise who will be able to decide between his brethren? But brother goes to law with brother, and that before unbelievers. Actually, then, here it is. It is already a defeat for you that you have lawsuits with one another, that you are offended with one another, that you have problems with one another. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, you yourselves wrong and defraud. You do this even to your brethren. And so offended people offend people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you If you're always looking for an enemy, you'll find one. That's you do way more damage if you live like an offended person than you do if you just forgive and forget, like uh, forgetting impossible. But you understand the sentiment there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, forgive and never hold it against someone again. That's what love is. That's First Corinthians thirteen. We're not there yet, but that's how Paul's going to define love: mm-hmm. not holding anyone's wrong against them. Talking yeah. about personal offense again, yeah. you know. Well, scripture says we're, we're not battling against flesh and blood. Right. Is, is, does that carry with it that if somebody lives an offensive lifestyle that, that they're under control of the other power? Right. That, that's very frightening. Ah, gracias, senor. And those of you watching, notice Ken is getting coffee for his wife. Uh, Take care of your wife first. <laughs> men, <laughs> men, serve your wives. And, uh, <laughs> That's enough, thank you. Especially on this Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Is that... <laughs> Take care of the lady. That's it, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so just the whole, the whole thought that I am liberated from being offended all the time, it really is a freeing thought. It allows me to love people more sincerely, you know. Yeah, diff- difficult people are difficult to love, but then we have to remember <laughs> that we were difficult and still are sometimes. Mm-hmm. We become difficult. We're, you know, it's, being a saint, and that's what we're called, doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean you're free. You're free from sin, right? It's a whole a lot of different difference. When the see, I always took that passage to mean a, a fellow Christian, but does it just mean anyone? Does it mean those outside the church also? Once it said. Um, the 
the thing in view there was the heart of the Christian, okay. right? the heart of the one in Christ. Right. Um, we judge people outside the church differently than we judge people in the church, right? Yeah, we, so Paul got at that. But as far as our heart toward being offended, that's always going to be the same, whether it's someone within the walls offending us or someone without the walls offending us. Oh, I, thank you. Our heart is going to be the same if we're in Christ. Yeah, I never noticed that before. Yeah. I wanted, that makes sense. Go ahead. I want to get at that a little bit more because um, I could understand why you didn't hit on that in the sermon because, I mean, it, it could potentially be one of those rabbit holes you go on, which... Black top pulpit. <laughs> that's what black top pulpit is for. <laughs> um, there's a lot of confusion in the church about lawsuits. Yeah. Yes. With other people. Oh, you made some strong coffee, bro. Thank you. I know. <laughs> it's got to be strong. I appreciate it. Keep the heart. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, seriously. I like that. The, I, I know people. Who, and, and I don't I don't think this is just a matter of opinion, but if you have a conviction not to sue somebody, you better not do it. Right. Because as James talked about, you know, for him who believes it's sin, it's sin. If you think you're sinning, you're sinning. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do not deny the convictions of your heart. Right. They come from somewhere. <laughs> With that being said, I, th- I think far too many people are... are receiving injustice from the world and not doing uh, anything legally about it. Um, Because as you mentioned, the heart is in mind here. Uh, The heart is what the thing that is in the thoughts. If the heart, heart's desire is to forgive, to to show Christ, uh, to model his life. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the, that's the aim of what Paul's getting at. Um, but we also have to recognize as long as you have that heart, that the, the heart of Christ desires justice. And when there's injustice in the world, especially, you know, committed against his church, um, like there, there are legal actions, uh, employed within, like we, we get our courts the way that God has ordained governments to function. And then too often we look at, um, passages like this that just, at face value and say, oh, I'm not supposed to sue anyone. So it's like, oh, so he just defrauded me. Oh, he just you know killed my my daughter, or you know, like whatever the, the crime may be. Yeah. Um, um, and and again, we we'll just remind ourselves that a personal offense is not equal to sin, right? So if someone is living in sin and that is causing people groups to suffer and death is a result right there is a biblical civil penalty to be paid mm. we probably ought to testify right mm-hmm. um especially where the law courts of the world agree with the law of the bible like if you kill you'll be killed right right uh, they kill meaning murder okay um there is also a sense in which uh, so if somebody personally offends me an individual personally offends me and a whole bunch of people aren't just being hurt and damaged or whatever. Unconditional, just forgiveness. That's what this passage is getting at. I don't think there's a question there. But if a worldly system, then it's just an offensive worldly system and it's oppressing people groups, uh, we ought to probably take care of that civilly. And I, and I actually think it's government's responsibility because the government bears the sword. 
right? So the government bears the sword. I think it's the a government's responsibility to hold other governments accountable to the standard of the Bible, to the standard of Christ. But if our government is being unjust, well, see, now we're getting at a system, mm-hmm. which Paul is not addressing there mm-hmm. in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Right. But we do see that in Romans 13, mm-hmm. where the people are to not worship the beast and not receive his marks to speak out against the injustices there. So we do see that in Scripture, mm-hmm. just not in this passage of Scripture. No, not this one. Mm-hmm. But he, talked, he spoke to the revilers. Mm. It's a lifestyle offensive. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right. But Christ said, when the disciples said, teach us to pray, mm-hmm. and they call it the Lord's Prayer, but actually it's the disciples' prayer. It says, if we forgive us our trespasses, sins, or whatever, whatever they are, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Christ said, if you do not forgive those who cause you offense, mm. Neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. Well, that's right. salvational too. Yeah. Because if your sins are not forgiven, you still bear them. Yeah. So how can you? And I think this is what when what of what Christ meant when at the last day when he says, "I never knew you. Mm. I, I never knew you." And it all goes back to living as an offended person, right? That that is the way of the world. And even Christ's Sermon on the Mount was getting at that with forgiveness. Like if you're so offended that your unconditional response isn't forgiveness in that way, um, you are not forgiven of the Father. You do not have eternal life. You are not in Christ. You are not a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Those are strong words. This is a salvific issue. It is. Remember when Christ was at the home of Pharisee or the tax collector? I can't remember which. And he was eating and Mary, I think it was Mary, came in with this ointment and anointed Jesus' feet with that ointment was like a year's salary. And somebody they, got personally offended. They, they got offended <laughs> probably Judas. We could, we could spend this on stuff for the poor. Judas didn't want to do that, no. please. <laughs> but, but Christ <laughs> <laughs> Christ said, you, you don't understand what's going on here. He, but he said to he said, those who are forgiven much love much yeah i think sometimes we forget how much we've been forgiven Mm. and what it cost if you're forgiven much however much is defined is there anyone among us who hasn't been forgiven much Mm. because one sin will put christ on the cross and I, I think about that sometimes, about if I forgave you, why cannot you forgive? And when you forgive, forget. people say, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Well, if you remember that way, then you haven't forgiven. You're still, right. you're, you're still, it's, I, don't, I don't forget about things people have done to me. Um, mm. The human brain is amazing. Storing, mm. what, 75 memories a second for 80 years or more? Like, that's pretty amazing. That's why I don't have that brain. You know what's that brain? That's where I'm running out. I'm eating. No, you just my storage, can't. You, you my just storage can't. room is not there. <laughs> wait, wait. No. That's why I'm looking forward to bio. bio uh... Yes. I'll never forget again. I'll never forget little again. Chip. Little chip. What, when we're talking about, like, the forgiveness, this is, like, but the driving thing that I see in, in yeah. marriages, and I, 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 I'm sure we've covered this topic before, but this is so important because, it, again, it's a self-ethic issue. Once you harden your heart and, and like, 
I am speaking about this with such pity in my heart right now for somebody close to me mm. that is hardening his heart. And I am watching him walk down a road um, that I faithfully, I believe faithfully warned him. Like if you, if you harden your heart and walk down this road of rebellion, like you're going to die in your sin. And, and this is coming from someone I don't believe in, in workspace righteousness. I don't believe you could lose your salvation. Right. But the, the reality of what, what happens, you know, and how, you know, we're accountable for everything we do and everything we say and, and um, realizing, recognizing we, we do have freedom of will in a certain term. <laughs> Wait a minute. A real way, like if you understand it properly um, or judged rightly. Volition. Let's yeah. use the word volition. Free volition. Or we can find another synonym, whatever. And, and that, that's the warnings that we receive is that if you continue in sin, you die in your sin. And, yes. and this this person I know in marriage is hardening his heart, and I just pled with him like 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 forgiveness is the only option for a believer. If you profess Christ, you forgive. Yeah. It doesn't. And, and people too often say, "Well, I'm not going to be trampled on. I'm not going to be a doormat." You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about forgiving. Like, how, much, how often should I forgive? I'm seventy times, and which and is it, apocalyptic it, language. It keeps <laughs> it keeps marriage whole. Yes, yeah. it does. And, you know, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I step, I step. You know, marriage is, is sort of like when you, when you come to the Lord, there's a honeymoon period. Pig period. The goose is high. Oh, I love this woman. And then all of a sudden, you come to the realization she's only a human being. She, she disappoints me. But why am I disappointed? Well, because I wanted it my way. When you come to the Lord, when you come, when you come to the Lord, I think there's a honeymoon period. When you get through that honeymoon period, it's, it starts to be, for some of us, it becomes tough sledding. Did this really happen? You know, is this real? And you realize that, yes, but Christ also disciplines you, and there are things that he has to, he has to crush you, just crush you, and, and you don't like to go through that process. That's one thing a lot of people leave, because they won't. For whatever reason, the Holy Spirit hasn't said, just walk through it. You're on the right track. Don't worry about it. It's, it's okay. You, it, this is normal procedure. Just go through it because it's easier just to cut and run. Same thing in marriage. After she disappoints me and I go, wait a minute, look over here, Sally. Look, Lois, you're just, Sally, look. So you, you cut and run, then you go to Sally. All of a sudden, Sally's not doing it. So now you go to Mary. And, and I think that's a lot of reasons why men don't get married today. They just go from woman to woman to woman to woman. Because each woman fulfills one of their needs, yeah. but not one <laughs> fills all of them. Yeah. It's, it's no woman can fill every need of one man. Of course not. That's what Christ does. That's right. <laughs> That's called idolatry. If you're expecting that from your wife. But I see a lot between marriage and coming. We never know what conviction is real yeah. and what is it. That's beyond our capabilities. Mm. And even sometimes when we see somebody going off the track. We don't know if what the cause is. But after a while, you mm. get an inkling. Yeah. It's, it's, if you let people talk to you and tell you who, who they are, eventually you can figure it out because most of us, oh, God forgives us. We hide behind walls because, gee, I don't want them to think less of me, so I'm going to put up this wall, look good, feel good, the American way. Never, never, never to let them see you sweat. 
Mm. And that is so phony and so counterproductive. And we do this and we cheat each other of knowing who we are. (laughs) Yeah. Part of the church is, let me tell you what Christ did for me today. When it comes to forgiveness, um, man, I can remember... I can remember factually what people have done against me or against others. I can remember that factually. You can't just delete information from the human brain. Um, The human brain doesn't work quite like that, Um, which makes Christian forgiveness such such a more sacrificial and loving action. Because I can remember how people have wronged me. Mm -hmm. But I make a conscious decision now in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit never to hold it against that person again. Exactly. Never to hold it against him again. And that requires self-control that only the Holy Spirit can teach. Um, That requires that we really do deny ourselves. Uh, that um, That requires me not to be led by my emotions mm-hmm. that unconditional forgiveness and I I I will never call that to mind again and I tell people that I'm like when I forgive you I will never call that to mind again it's no. done yeah and I yeah. tell people that and some people will react against it which is interesting yes and is. that's in part like of yeah. taking a burden upon yourself from others mm-hmm. so like we're, we're to bear others burdens yeah that's and, and now if you take that burden upon yourself and, and not only have you you you've walked them and been working with where you lied against where you defrauded what was what did you take on your shoulders that you're helping your brother with now if you even like go further and, and you you go or you go backwards and you bring that offense that you forgave mm-hmm. and hold it against your brother now you're the one sinning you're for the their sin sinning. yeah 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 so that yeah you may remember some of the offenses but the sting is not there. That's right. And it doesn't dictate your life. And I think the, re- the members is put there when you run into someone who has a similar, not the exact experience, you can understand mm. what it is yeah. that they're going through. And I think Christ, they, 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 they misuse Christ. He now, he understands what we're going through because he went through it himself. Yeah. Well, we take... Um, so we take forgiveness. Yes. I know what you did against me. I've chosen to forgive you. I will never hold that against you again. And imagine sometime down the road. Now I'm doing ministry with this person who wronged me and I forgave the wrong. Right. And we're on the same team. We're doing a lot of good work for the gospel. And then I look back and take the words of first Corinthians six to heart. Like, aren't I, aren't I glad that I, would have rather been wronged and defrauded than to than to act unlovingly or unsacrificially toward a brother or sister in Christ. Um, and then we see everything that the Lord is doing now because of the forgiveness that took place. You now, when we when we do think back factually about the wrong that was done and see how much we've grown as a result of that, then there's glory to God. There's like, man, I. I love, there's more love there than there otherwise would be. And so that Mm. our factual memory of that taking place actually builds a stronger relationship down the road. If there really is forgiveness, which is what happens in marriage, right? Right. Yeah. It was a closer relationship with Christ. Also someone, I don't know who said it's not, it's not originally with me, but unforgiveness is 
similar to you taking poison and expecting the other guy to die. Yeah. And it rots, it rots, it, it, it rots the soul yeah. and the spirit. And it's in another way, it's not healthy no. <laughs> physically to your no. body no. to have all this animosity. Yeah, man, it's really, you know, I've, I've heard it said, I love this, God, God created the monkeys because he was disappointed in the, in the response of man to his problems. So. <laughs> disappointed him, so he got the monkeys that come close. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Animals have nature, and they never, you know, they never go against their nature. You know, it's, they have something which is called natural, natural animosity or natural enemy. A deer understands that a mountain lion is his enemy. Mm-hmm. He has me taught that it's there. Well, that's in animals, but it seems that men try to use the same thing. This, uh, uh, trying to think, Mark Twain. Mark Twain had a thing about God. He says, now he made some men to be lions and some men to be sheep and some. Men. So what they're doing is their natural, natural talent because that's their. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a good theory. And I went with that. It's twaddle. It's just that we're made in the image of God. Even the even Adolf Hitler had the image of God in him. Now, some of the things he did, his ability to organize. He grossly misappropriated. He that did. Image. He yes. did. He took the image and he took and he made it evil. And that's what the devil did. He took the, I don't, it doesn't say that the devil, the, the angels were creating God's image. We do the same thing, and we sin, and we think we're better than other people, but for the grace of God. And why, you know, why, why he has his special grace, what is it called, not common grace, but particular grace. Particular grace, why he chooses whom? He chooses why he chose Isaac over, over his brother. Mm. It's in the mind of God, and we will never know that. We keep, Unless we keep, tells us. well, yeah, <laughs> true, true. You know, it, might, it might be like, all right, now let me tell you guys what you've been wondering this whole time. <laughs> Jaw dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because it's, you've been preaching this this way. Now look at this. This is not a, this is now salvation. But that wasn't what I meant when I said that. You guys got it all wrong. <laughs> this is, now go back and think about this, or we may not even care anymore. When we see Christ, then we're going to, wait a minute, we're going to be like him. We're not going to be all knowing. But once you have Christ, what, what, what's your question? I think the same thing should be this side of eternity. If you do what I ask you to do, I'll take care of it. You don't need to worry about it. And Christ moves in a mysterious way. Yes. He's, I can remember sitting in a uh, asylum in, in Morgan Hill, California, which is just south of San Francisco and San Jose. And I wasn't a Christian. I didn't, I didn't buy any of that stuff then. So I'm sitting there and I'm in turmoil. And the thought goes through my mind and where I heard this or where I got it from, but it's in scripture. And it says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee yeah. and thou shalt glorify me. Mm-hmm. And that went through my mind. And for some reason, at that moment, I thought, I can't handle this. Mm. <laughs> and, and that was the start of the process. When you talk to your children or to someone else and, and you quote, quote a passage from Scripture, you never know 
when the Holy Spirit is going to drag that through their mind. It's amazing. It's, you know, a, a year is like a day to him or a thousand years. Same thing, I think, when he, when he sets out to gather up his redeemed and bring them to Christ. I, th I think that the time, he's got plenty of time. <laughs> it's, we serve an awesome God that we try to understand. And we go to scripture and outside of scripture, we won't understand him. But it's just, even with scripture, we don't, we don't understand. His mind is, is, it's something we just can't, we, we can't plumb the depth. Yeah. And yet we try to make all these, these things about all these theories and that just, Hey, follow me, <laughs> follow me. Don't worry about that. Please don't major on the minors. Follow me and tell other people about me. That, that's the, we got to complicate it, though, don't we? Always. <laughs> I'll say it again. I'm really good at overanalyzing stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me see how I can muck this up. <laughs> yeah, we are strange creatures. Ken, what you got, man? Well, if I could, there's a couple things. I'm not sure if, if if all of them I want to touch on, but I think or, one. Or if we have time. Or if we have time, we'll be five more applicable. Um, one of them is still very controversial <laughs> amongst the church and the world. So That's okay. Um, that is fine. That's why I say I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there yet. But, go there now. Um, the first one I want to talk about is another one uh, like. Uh, I had brought up about the, the confusion with lawsuits. Um, you talk about yeah. excommunication brought up. We've been in that for the past three weeks now mm -hmm. and it carries, carries on. And the, you know, the letter that uh, Paul's writing. So I heard you speak in a way that I've heard spoken of before. And I've, I've wrestled through this idea, like very intimately, like with family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> excommunication. No. <laughs> Close. <laughs> so the the idea. This is where I <laughs> just break their plate. I know. This is right. parenting one on one. Don't kick your kids out. Right? <laughs> just leave. <laughs> but oh. and get out of my house. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be an awkward transition to the series. Yeah. I know I'm supposed to forgive you, but no, not this one. <laughs> Too far. Too oh. far. Oh, oh. You, you ate my cinnamon. <laughs> oh. Oh. There is no forgiveness no. for such, for such oh. a treason. How can the blood no. cover that? I just don't know. So, so the, the, the thought is, is the idea of Paul, like he even addressed in First Corinthians 5, is not associating with people who bear the name of Christ mm -hmm. and are guilty of, and he, he names sins. Yes. Um, one of the struggles I've wrestled through almost my whole adult life is, is the, the idea of, of not associating, I recognize is a primarily a, a church gathering issue. Like that is the, that is the forefront of what's, what's in mind. Right. Um, it's the gathered church. It's the this gathered, is the people of yeah. the Lord. Yeah, the gathered church and the communion table. And they are yeah. in communion. But then... The implications of not associating and not eating, whether you take it eating food or I lean towards the Lord's 
supper, um, not eating, but not associating. And the question is like, I've taken the position of, of putting out and not associating with, with painfully, painfully with, with certain family members that have, that have uh, Excuse me. willfully Excuse me. continued in sin yeah. in a way that doesn't honor Christ. Right. You profess it. It's not even like leaving the, leaving the church. I say quotes because you don't really leave the church. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 the continued profession of Christ, but I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I love Jesus. Mm. Um, but I can't, I, I, I can't do what I know I need to do. Um, years, not like you, we need to be careful. No, you don't need, we need to be careful to obey Christ, not be, be careful to, to too quickly obey Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's usually yeah. the issue. It's like, everyone calm down. Don't be quiet. Oh, I'm not talking about, you know, sin to smoke cigarettes. I'm like, this is a known, like a named sin of, of the Bible doesn't call sin. Yeah. Don't call and this sin. is a matter like, no question. Paul named it. Yeah. Um, you're doing it. You say you love Jesus year, 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 years, years. Um, I can't like I'm going to not associate with with you for the love for you. Um, because what you're doing is destroying yourself. The end of what you are doing will be your damnation. Yeah. Um, and and what I see here, I've applied to, and, and this is where I wouldn't draw hard lines by any means. Like, do you do you put out people um that aren't even among your church? Um, they bear the name of Christ and they're, they're guilty of living in the sin. And that's where you know, the, the struggle for my life, right. but I've, I've seated on it, yeah. well, but I still I, wrestle with it. Yeah. I will say, and I think it's a matter of discernment, right? Uh, is this best for the kingdom and best for this person? If I don't associate, um, or, or do I sense that they're, there might be some indication that repentance is possible and I just need to probe a little further, you know, mm. that sort of, sort of thing. Um, there are people who profess to be Christians. Mm-hmm. I do not associate with, right. Um, so somebody who is a false teacher, I'm not going to mm-hmm. generally associate with that person, even though they claim to be a Christian, mm-hmm. um, Mr pastor who makes it a habit every Sunday of yelling at his congregation and condemning them for making any mistakes and inventing his own sins rather than just preaching through the Bible. I'm I'm not going to associate with that pastor fellow. Um, I am not going to associate with a, someone who professes to be a Christian, but spends all of his or her time criticizing all Christians everywhere and condemning all Christians everywhere. I'm just not going to associate with that person. Now I will say this, if invited to speak at an event, I use prosperity, word of faith, movement, gospel preachers. If I invited to, if I am invited to speak at an event where these people are also preaching, I will go speak at that event and I will present the proper gospel but outside of that event, I probably will not be seen around those guys. You know, yeah. it's uh, it, it really does just depend on discernment. And uh, and the great thing is, like, if we have the Holy Spirit, we can make a decision, and we don't have to constantly second guess ourselves. Sure, mm-hmm. um, that's the beauty of having the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then later on, if we feel like we might have made the wrong decision, well, it's done. <laughs> you know, I have the Holy Spirit, so I don't have to worry about it or dwell on yeah. it. Just 
just try our best to discern, make the best decision we think um, at the time. God has given us a measure of faith for that moment. It's, yeah, you're talking to someone who's not a member of your congregation, right? Yeah, because if yeah, I think of Jesus and his relationship with Judas, oh, yeah. it says he knew he was a thief from the beginning, and yet he didn't. He associated with Judas mm. as he did with the other disciples. Judas never got it, which should be a warning to to us that just because you're an elder or a deacon or one of the members, that, the leader of the church, it doesn't mean you got it made. Mm. Because Judas, Judas got the gospel from the lips of the author, yep. and he didn't get it. Mm. So are we sure, you know, as soon as you think you stand, you fall. And I think we need. I think we need to keep humility. That well, I am no better than someone who is in the gutter right now, or someone who's in a bordello right now at this moment, or drunk, or somebody who's embezzling money, or cheating on his taxes, or whatever it is he's doing. I'm no better than than he is. My sin is just as gross. And what what, what makes me better? Being chosen doesn't make you better. Right. It's not a question of better. It should humble us to where we seek those who have strayed and those who haven't come to the fold yet. Christ has no other lips than ours. <laughs> he has no other arms but ours. He chose to do it that way. He didn't stay on earth and go <laughs> to go on the road, you know, get get his bus and his band together. And, no, you know. <laughs> Why he did that, it's, we are just frail earthen pots. Yeah. And yet his grace, the grace of God in Christ is absolutely amazing. God is not our enemy, but we make God the enemy. Mm-hmm. And what does scripture say? Be reconciled to God. Why? God's already reconciled us through the blood of Christ. We are, we, even even in our brilliance, after all of our sheepskins and education and having a doctorate and this and that, it's it's of no value unless you know Christ. Right. It's well, and, and it's of no value if you just get a degree to have a piece of paper and to have some credentials. Like that's that's of no value if you do it to honor Christ. It has eternal value. Of course it does. But, but if you, you do it to just to have the credentials, that's of, yeah. that's of no value to anybody. To get more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I know you got something else, bro. Yes. Do, do we go controversial? How much time do we have? We go controversial. <laughs> you go what? What? We've got about fifteen minutes. What, what is so, it? Dude, what is it? Do you want to offend me with? Well, no, it's not you. You're in a perfect spot because me and Andrew might duke a little bit. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, the longer I live in Christ, the more difficult it is to offend me. So I'll go for it. Perfect. But I'm sure. I'm sure you have an inside track somewhere. No, I, I know. How dare you? I'm sure I still have a, coffee first. I'm sure I still have a couple buttons left to push. Oh yeah. I don't know where they're at yet. So. Uh, when do we find them? No, <laughs> this this I don't think it at all will cause any offense. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh yeah. Thanks, yeah. If I offend you, that's it's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus told me to tell you. <laughs> oh, we're talking about prophecy now? Yes, yes, he told me to tell you. So so this is a this is a big issue, and it's going to be for the foreseeable future in the church. Um where, where I think is where it should focus. I, I think it's a waste of time 
ultimately to argue with the not with the worldly in a, in a worldly context yes. yeah um, in a worldly way and, yeah. and you brought it up in the sermon so i'm gonna bring it up in in our 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 uh, episode sense. here yeah. blacktop masks and vaccines gotcha now oh yes this is where i think there's no there's no big issue here and i, I was joking a little bit about duke <laughs> <laughs> because i first off you brought up in the the sermon in light of what paul was saying which I totally agree with yeah. um, the the offendedness people offendedness, have yeah. is is not what I'm um, focusing on yeah. um, so much as it is that there can be an offense to masks mm-hmm. and vaccines that mm-hmm. is God honoring, and that I want to specify. And this is where I know we disagree because I read your um, your. Indoctrinated? No, what was it? <laughs> What's your what's your new website? Plug it. Legislation Nation. Legislation Nation. Is that you're talking about? Love it too. You do. I don't know how you write it. There are only two articles on there. <laughs> I don't have much time for that one. So, <laughs> so every individual, like everything that we all have to weigh individually, uh, has to determine: um, is this right or wrong? And and you may not, you know, multiple times in in service and on your your blog. I think just to put out there, like I'm struggling with the idea that that you proposed it, that it could be ethical, that it could could be ethical to receive a vaccination that was tested um, with with um, fetal cell lines. And I, I read your argumentation, and this is where like I I, I was harder on it and. As far as being pushed to gentleness, that did that to me because I took a hard line on it for historically. And then your argumentation was sound, but I still struggled with any agreeance to it right. as far as like coming along the, side, the same side. And that's what I'm saying is if, if you're offended by a brother taking the vaccine and your offense is that how could you how could you benefit off of something that costs the lives of, of unborn children? Yeah. Um, that type of offense is not what Paul is talking about no. here. So and, and the type of offense you're talking about, and and I think we're we're probably in agreement here. Uh, right. I don't think we have to do get out on the show. No, it's uh the type of offense you're talking about there is I am I am offended that the state, which is a system, not an individual, that the state would legalize abortion, not only that, to legalize the use of aborted cells for anything. Right. I am offended by that. Yep. Right. And, and as people who believe in the sanctity of life, perhaps we should be offended because the government at that point is living in sin. So that is a sin issue, not just a personal offense. Right. That's an affront to God. So yeah, we should be offended with God. Um, now our our response should be that a response and not a reaction. Yes. Too many people are just reacting, yes. right? Yeah. But our response should be a well reasoned response. And I have yet to write about abortion on legislation nation, but mm-hmm. but that will come. Yeah, yeah. and and that, that's why I said there's not there's not a a big controversy there but um among other people that might be weighing this issue Mm -hmm. with vaccines and with mask 
wearing. I think, um, and not that it's an issue because this is a, I, I'm, I acknowledge, I, I sit in a minority on this position that I've taken. I've, um, I've brought this forward to the magistrates um, because of the issue uh, of, of masking. And I, I believe that, that a, an overarching general masking is a concealing, a veiling of the Imago Dei, the image of God. And I've wrestled through this since this came up. And even in the beginning where most people were like, you know, it's going to be a few weeks. Let's not make it an issue. I sat there. Ten days to flatten the curve, bro. Ten days to flatten the curve. <laughs> and then now all I can see is like everything's a, like a battle, right? Yeah. Like we don't, we don't battle, but again, it's flesh and blood. Right. Well, what's happening here? And, and the very evident thing that God created us is to bear his image amongst all creation. And now, is it a coincidence that something that is scientifically not deadly, like we have determined, is not stopping the the veiling of the image of God? And 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 when I take offense, no, I don't look at when we're in church service. I don't look at it because there are a couple of people still wearing masks. Yeah, I do not look at them with judgment and be like, "What are you doing? You're, you're shielding them out of day. What's wrong with you, sinner? You know, let's do discipline on you." Not, no, like no. this is. This is like an overarching issue of like of generally and broadly shielding or veiling the Imago Dei where I, where I take offense to it, but not in a way that holds it on me because like you're, you're ultimately this general masking is offense to God because he has created his people yeah. to display his glory. Yeah. If, if it is an offense to God. And I'm not going to claim one way or the other on this yeah. show, right? Um, I mean, plus, I would want to be a little bit more informed. You might be more informed sure. than I am on that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if it is an offense to God, then those people obeying the mandate aren't offending God by following their convictions, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if they're not thinking about it in terms of Imago Dei. Mm-hmm. Um, so I right. look at that and here in First Corinthians later on, Paul talk about the eating of meat, you yes. know, and follow your convictions and don't get mad at somebody because they take more liberties than you do. And don't get mad at somebody because they're convicted to not take as many liberties as you do. Just like, right. you know, God gives you the convictions that you have. If it is an offense to God, a general masking, um, then it's perpetrated by the state, right? And the state is being offensive to God. Right. And so there's a distinction to make kind of like the vaccine issue. If, if aborted cells are used in vaccines, uh, or vaccines are tested on aborted cells. It's the people doing the testing who are offending God, right? Not every single person who r- receives a vaccine ignorantly or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really being careful of our distinctions there and our classifications and seeing who's who's doing what, so that we can judge justly when it comes to the the issue of mask mandates. Uh, see, I um, I'll take the line that God God Himself is Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that the Imago Dei mm-hmm. that he created us with, it's 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 not the physical appearance per right. se, right? So I'll take that line of thinking and I'll say, okay, it might not be covering up the image of God to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But I think God does have a general problem with the um, mandating of something rather than informing the public so that the public can make an informed decision. I think there might be something there um, about government overreach 
rather than um, government uh, enabling peace and, and justice right. and uh, allowing the conviction of the people, allowing for the conviction of God in people's lives. So I think there might be something there about the mandate itself. Yeah. Um, and we can speak reasonably to that. Um, in fact, the, the next article I write for Legislation Nation is going to be about the new imperial cult. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah like like Caesar's. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've also never thought of, of the image of God as being physical. Mm. But we, God gave us attributes, some of his, which creativity, we're, we're mm-hmm. creative, they create us creative. Uh, we can talk, we can, we can commune with each other, they, they, the Godhead communes within itself. Although if they know everything, that's funny. So <laughs> if, if they know everything, what they got to talk about? <laughs> so, but I've never thought of it as, as being as being fitted. But I think what, what destroys the image of God in us more than anything else is sin. Sin will destroy mm-hmm. destroys the image of God within us because we take God's attributes and use them for selfish ends and twist them yeah. so mm-hmm. that they serve us instead of glorifying and serving our fellow man. And doubtless, part of the image of God yeah. is our physical expression. Yes. So is. God is sovereign in control yeah. of all things, manipulates yeah. all things. He gave me the ability to actually. He actually gave us the ability to reach out and manipulate our environment, Amen. right? Yes, Man. he did. Which is what <laughs> which he is did. which is part of his image. Yes. Yeah. He gave us the ability to communicate, which is mm-hmm. physical expression to us, but for God it's divine reality, yes. right? So he gave us the ability to communicate and 90% of communication is not verbal. So you might sure. be able to even take that and say we need to be able to see the face because that's that portrays the attributes well, of God. One of the things that's really interesting yeah. is that that God uses like anthrop- what is the word anthropomorphism. So He describes Himself, His character, yeah. using human anatomy like, yes. throughout the, the scriptures. Yes, like, there's a reason He gave us the anatomy He did. Yeah, it, it literally is given so that we could know Him. Right. Like, <laughs> but the Scripture says that male and female He created. It is both the male and the female that reflects. Not just one God, or the other. Not just the male, not, not just the female, but both of them. There's right. there's a lot of femininity, for lack of a better word, in God than we preach about. God is also our, our forgive me. <laughs> he says, he says, now uh, I talked about a, fem- yeah, a feminine. Yeah. Femininity. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, but he said, what I'm going to say, Christ said, our Father who art in heaven. Well, the Father also has within him, because he chooses it, he gave us his femininity as well as his masculinity, and he cut it to where it, it, they're different, but they're the same. Complementary. It, it gets it gets it's like Christ in the church. It, it gets very not nebul- yeah nebulous because we don't understand it. But God also has the heart, has the heart and tenderness of a mother towards her child. Christ says, "Yeah, I would gather you as a as a mother mm-hmm. and collects her chicks." This that's oh, he says. Can a, can a woman forget the child of her womb? He said, yes, even if they forget, I won't forget. Mm-hmm. I carved you in the palm of my hand. You are mine. I have you. Relax. Enjoy me. And we, and we forget this because we expect too much of God in the wrong, if you understand what I'm saying, in the wrong way. Yeah. Here's what I need. Mm, no, you don't need that. That's what you want, what you need. If you only want what Christ wants, you can have what you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is your problem, child? <laughs> but What's you know, the deal? Oh, Lord, Get out of my house. Lord, Lord, you, you have to buy me. <laughs> <laughs> you're in, you're in this oh, Lord, 
Please buy me a Mercedes Benz. Oh. My my neighbor has got one and and I'm an offense or oh. something like that. It's That's, like it's like Christ, I need a, you don't need a Mercedes Benz. You don't even really need a car. That, that's where a lot of people like really wrestle because Jesus says, pray in my name and it's yours. But and, what does his name mean? In and his that's, name. And that's in what his it name. is, which is yeah. his character. Yep. I've told people, and I believe this, if you cannot ask it in the character of Christ, you cannot ask for it at all. There's the rub. You can't ask well, for can. it. Well, you can. Well, you know, <laughs> you cannot, you, well, no, you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Well, here's right. one for you. Do you think our <laughs> prayer could yourselves. be? Do you think our prayer could be a sin? Yeah. Yes, it can. Yeah. To can consume without reverence. To commit to consume it on it's our sin. lust. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is going far afield. I'm I'm starting to feel a little offended here. By this. It's like, well, all right. Getting, you're getting pretty I, close to me now. It's like. I'm, I'm so glad that we could offend all of our viewers and listeners on the show and, and today. And your friends and neighbors, too. Friends, friends and neighbors. neighbors. Everyone in between. Thank you so much for joining us yes. this episode of the Blacktop Pulpit, if you are indeed still listening. <laughs> you got nothing better to do. Please, <laughs> please check out the church at Sunsights. Oh, come be offended with us. <laughs> Check out past sermons and Bible studies if you're there. <laughs> and please hit that donate button so we can offend you next time as well. We, we'll, we'll catch you then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.